like I said, on Wednesday night, we ended up right here around uh, verse 26 in chapter 42. In chapter 42, we've had uh, uh, Jacob sending the ten brothers, uh, all but Benjamin, and uh, <clears throat> all but Benjamin to Egypt to get grain because of the famine, because we had the seven years of famine that have started, because they've already had the seven years of plenty, and they and the because of the dream, the dreams of Pharaoh, and God providing Joseph to be there uh, within the prison, and and the ability uh, to have had the cupbearer. Uh, in prison with Joseph so that he would know that Joseph was there and could interpret these dreams for the Pharaoh so that it could preserve life uh, throughout Egypt and the surrounding uh, countries here. And so we have uh, uh, Joseph there. He is in charge, or the second command of Egypt, uh, right under Pharaoh, and we have him uh, there in charge of all the grain, and we have his brothers, but we have Jacob sending uh, the ten, his ten of his sons, and keeping Benjamin there because he is the favored one, and um, and they get to Egypt, and ultimately are, are described as spies, and we talked about that a good bit, and but ultimately he had ended up putting uh, Joseph, and by the way, in case you don't, you weren't here, you know, wasn't sure or what have you, the uh, ten brothers did not recognize Joseph, but Joseph had recognized the ten brothers, and during this time, though, that they were uh, uh, condemned or, or convicted of spies or what have you, Joseph, after three days of being in prison, Joseph comes to him and ultimately tells them that one, one person needs to stay and, uh, and the other nine would return back to their father not only to um, bring back grain, which is part of what they were coming to do anyhow, is to get grain so they can take it back to their families and they all may live, but also so that they can get their youngest brother and bring him back. Ultimately, you know, us looking on this side of the story here, can know that he he had desire to see his his uh, younger brother Benjamin, and uh, and due to that he wanted to wanted them to bring Benjamin back, but in the brothers' eyes, it was to prove that they were not spies and that they could uh, continue trading there. But uh, so, and we find in verse twenty four that it was Simeon that ended up being um, left in prison as he was bound and uh, and put in prison there. And then then in verse 25, we have Joseph commanding uh, those that that did the sack filling of grain to put their money uh, back into the mouths of their sacks so that uh, they would have their money and the grain going back home. And, and he gave them provisions to, to, for the journey, and that's pretty much where we left off at on Wednesday. 
any thoughts or comments or anything that I might have left out up until now that we might need to know before we keep going? All right. Well, picking up there in verse 26 and verse 26 to 28, it says, So they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed at, at the encampment, he saw his money, and there it was in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts fell, or their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, What is what is this that God has done to us? All right. So they are very afraid. Why do you think they're very afraid here? What's going on? It, right? Because they didn't pay for it? Julie, did you have something? All right. Wouldn't get any more food because they thought they were stealing? Exactly. So, I mean, thought they were stealing. And uh, I, I partly wonder if they might have had fear that they were going to find out and come after them. I don't know. Uh, but they were definitely very afraid. I mean, mean, think about the time that they were here. This was not an enjoyable time for them. This wasn't a good vacation for them or anything. You know what I mean? They they went through a lot of hardships here. Joseph really gave them them a a hard time here. And, uh, And so now they find that, you know, they're on their way. They're going back. You know, they've got one of their brothers in prison, but, you know, if we just bring Benjamin back, we can get him out of prison and prove to him that we're not spies. And now we have something else coming against us. We have this money that is now in our sacks. Somehow or another, this money has returned to our sacks. All right. Let's pick up in verse 29. We're just going to go on through the end of the chapter here. It's a little bit of a lengthy read, but a lot of this is just kind of retelling the story. It says, Then they went to Jacob their father in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man who is, who is lord of the land spoke roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. But we said to him, We are honest men. We are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is with our father this day in the land of Canaan. Then the man the Lord of the country said to us, By this I will know that you, that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food for the famine of your households and be gone. And bring your youngest brother to me, so I shall know that you are not spies, but, you, but that you are honest men. I will grant, you, I'll grant your brother to you, and you may trade in the land. Then it happened as they emptied their sacks that surprisingly each man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. Um, and Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin all these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, Kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands, and I will bring him back to you. 
But he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and, and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, you will bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. All right. Like I said, a lot of that's kind of narrative about what's going on. You know, they're retelling a lot of what's going on here from the time they were in Egypt to uh, Jacob. But we find out, and I think I was a little ahead of myself a minute ago, but we find out in this passage, or in this set of scripture here, that all of their monies was returned back in their sacks. You know, before we just knew that one of the uh, uh, brothers had his money returned back in the sack. But now we find that all the money is back. And so now, not only did they steal, you know, in a sense, steal the grain, they stole all the grain. You know, and so, you know, it made them even more fearful and hearing all these things and them saying, we need to take Benjamin down there now. I can only imagine Jacob looking up. It ain't happening, son. I don't care what you tell me. You know, y'all were in prison three days. This man was so hard on you. And now you bring your, all your, this grain back and you've got the money in your sack still? I don't think so. But one thing I, th- I find interesting here. Is that, you know, and they keep saying you know, uh, uh, about Joseph, you know, that he is no more, that he is no more. Well, when you look at Jacob's response in verse 36, he already counts off Simeon as being no more. You know, Joseph is no more, Simeon is no more, and you want to take Benjamin. Uh, and then later on in verse 38, uh, Jacob uh, talking about Joseph says, uh, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead. You know, this is, you're not, you know, just a, an expression to whether or not he, he might still be out there, but he's no longer with us, but he is no more. He is dead. Uh, but you know, he are, it's almost like he's already counting off Simeon here because he has no plan, you know, as far as his thoughts at this point in time is to not go back down there. But then again, he doesn't know about how long the famine is going to last. Do you have something? Well, it, something else that I find <clears throat> quite interesting is in verse 37, when Reuben trying to convince his father that, <clears throat> that he was going to bring, uh, bring Benjamin back, you know, just to go down and, and get his brother, you know, I mean, cause keep in mind, Reuben and Simeon are, are true brothers, you know, they're brothers of the same mother, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so Reuben, I'm sure, had <coughs> desire to want to get his, his brother out of, out of prison down there, wanting to bring Benjamin down there to prove that they're not spies, and to, uh, and to get his brother out of prison, he tells him, says, kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Uh, you know, I find this interesting, and honestly, I'm not, you know, extremely familiar with the culture of the day or what have you, but I just couldn't imagine, you know, someone getting pleasure out of killing their two grandsons just because your son didn't bring your other son back to you. It just doesn't seem to add up to me in my head, and Maybe it didn't add up to Jacob as well because, you know, it didn't seem to comfort him at all. 
as far as this goes either. But I just found that quite interesting, the, the proposal, if you would, that Reuben puts before his father in taking uh, Benjamin down there. Now, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the emphasis here is more so that Reuben making mention, look, I wouldn't sacrifice my two sons just your, to, to leave him back or to not have him come back with me. I'll do everything in my power to bring him back. And I'm putting my sons, my two sons up you know, as pretty much payment for uh, me coming back. And I'm sure that's more the emphasis here, but it's just, you know, in my head, I like to twist things around. You can ask Janice that. Uh, I'll, I'll t- twist things around. I'll joke around with her, you know, twisting the words around and what have you. But, um, but when I'm looking at things like this, it, it just makes me wonder in odd situations. But any thoughts or comments? To, yes. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's a good, good aspect or a good thought. You're reminding ourselves that Reuben is definitely the one that that was sticking up for Joseph in the first place, not wanting to to sell him, not wanting to kill him. You know, I mean, and Reuben didn't even know about the selling from the way I read that portion of, of what happens in Genesis there several chapters earlier. And, you know, it makes you think after you read everything that Reuben was away doing something, I don't know, but... Um, but when he came back, he found out he was gone and, and then finds out that that's what they had done with him. It was selling uh, into slavery. But very good point, Jewel. Anything else? Uh, all right, we're going to move on into chapter 43. We'll look at the first five verses here of chapter 43. Chapter 43 says, Now the famine, the first five verses, Now the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass when they had eaten up the grain which they had brought, which they had bought from the from Egypt, that their father said to them, "Go back, buy us a little food." But Judah spoke to him, saying, "The man solemnly sworn us, saying, "You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down." And buy food for you, buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. All right. So we're not exactly sure how much time has passed by from the time they got back from Egypt with all this grain till now. But I do know that if we look over in verse 10 of the same chapter that, uh, you know, through later discussion, it says, you know, this is, <coughs> this is um, uh, Judah speaking to Jacob, you know, saying, for if we had not lingered, surely by now we would have returned the second time. Um, so apparently they had, had, pushed off as long as they could because of what happened when they got back from Egypt to begin with because Jacob did not want to send Benjamin down there. And I find it interesting because of what we have Judah speaking back to Jacob and what Jacob says to begin with, it's almost like you have in in, in vision here, 
Jacob speaking to, to his sons and saying, why don't y'all go back down to Egypt and get us some more food? Not intending on Benjamin going with them. And, uh, and it's like Judah has to speak up, remind him, saying, look, <laughs> unless you send Benjamin with us, we ain't going. That's just, I'm not going through all that again. We, we're going to go, we're going to take Benjamin, but we just ain't going to have it. But one, another small little side note here, like I said, just things that run through my head from time to time. I'll, uh, going through the book of Genesis here, I always like to remind myself of the genealogy, um, or as far as the, maybe not the genealogy, I guess maybe the gene, the, the firstborn on down situation here, because Reuben, you know, we, we, we have Judah speaking up, you know, in verse 3 it says, but Judah spoke to him saying, we have Judah speaking up, you know, Reuben would have been the oldest, but I would imagine because of him being rejected by his father at the end of, you know, chapter 42 when, when they came back from Egypt, that he didn't, he was like, oh, you know, I've already tried to do that. Simeon wouldn't have spoke up because he's in prison down in Egypt. But then we have Levi. Yes, we have Levi that's in between Simeon and Judah. It makes me wonder why Levi might not have spoken up and, and started speaking. But yet Judah did, which would be the next one down under Levi. Any thoughts or questions on why y'all think Levi might not have? Mm-hmm. Because he'd be the third born, not, and Judas the fourth. I mean, I have an idea, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if it's right or not. I was just curious what you guys thought. Well, if you remember back in, uh, with uh, Shechem and the Shechemites, it was Simeon and Levi that went down and did all the, the killing uh, down there in Shechem due to what... Uh, what had happened to their sister, uh, Dinah. And I don't know if, if maybe Simeon and Levi just wasn't on really good terms with their father after that, because, I, I mean, you read after that, and Jacob's really upset with what they did um, with those, you know, on, on that whole killing spree there that they had in Shechem. And so I don't know if maybe that's why Levi didn't speak up, I don't know. Like I said, I just like to remind myself of these things and think, well, why wouldn't this one have spoken up? And Judah did. But any thoughts or comments on that before we keep going? Yeah. And, you know, an interesting side note on that, because of what we'll read here in just a minute, it makes me wonder if they're getting some stuff from the land, just not an overabundance of that. And the reason I say that is because of when we read... uh, Further down in verse 12, I think, when Jacob, you know, finally agreeing to send Benjamin down, he gives him a list of things to take. Uh, says, uh, no, it's in verse 11. Something about the best fruits. There it is. Uh, take some of the best fruits of the land uh, in your vessels. Now, I, I, maybe this is stuff that they've stored up. I mean, fruits don't really keep that well, though, so it makes me wonder if some stuff is, is still, but just nowhere near enough to sustain everyone, you know, so, I mean, you've got to supplement somewhere, so it, but just a 
side note there on the, the famine and crops and all, you know. But obviously, yeah, I mean, they, they realize it is not going to be enough. We've got to do something. And, so, and, and, you know, we're not told anywhere that, you know, Jacob or anybody else other than Joseph in, in interpreting Pharaoh's dreams had gotten any kind of knowledge from God saying that it was going to be seven years of famine. So very good. Anything else? So? All right. Let's look at the next set, verses 6 through six and 7. <clears throat> After Judah putting up the response saying, if you don't send Benjamin, we're not going to go. It says, and Israel said, why did you deal so wrongly with me as to tell the man you still you had still another brother but they said the man asked us pointedly about ourselves and our family saying is your father still alive have you another brother and we told him according to these words could we possibly have known that he would say bring your brother down all right when i first read that it, well let me just ask you guys what, what do y'all think when you first read that? What what's some of the thoughts that you have? All right, that, so Joseph, you know, the man in Egypt, Joseph being, uh, knew something that they didn't know, or that, okay, exactly, it, it, right. You know, he, he asked me point blank, you know, I mean, do you have another brother? Yeah, right, exactly. Anything else? All right. <laughs> To begin with, my first thoughts was, you know, are they trying to trying to twist us up a little bit? You know, are they trying to make this sound like he he directly asked him when you know, when we read when you read back in verse in chapter forty two, all we really read about is him condemning them as spies, and then ultimately him say, them saying, you know, that they're ten of twelve. And, you know, one is no more and the other one's still at home with our father. And so it made me wonder, well, I wonder if they're, they're trying to twist this up. But as I studied more and, and went further in, if you look over in chapter 44 and verse 19, and this would be Judah speaking to Joseph, uh, says, my Lord asked his servants, saying, have your father have you a father or a brother? And, you know, and it goes on and talks more about it. But this is referencing, you know, this is Judah speaking to Joseph um, when they're in Egypt, making mention, you know, look, you asked us, do you have another brother? Do you have a father? So this isn't the brothers trying to just make this sound, you know, like, oh, well, you know, he asked us, but, you know, he really didn't. No, he did. He did, because this is Jude, you know, that verse I was just reading was Judah speaking to Joseph, saying that you asked us this, and we told you these things. Um, so it is something that definitely happened when they were down there, even though we don't have record of it in chapter 42. That's my main point in bringing all that up. I didn't, want, you know, I didn't know if anybody else had thought that way or not. But we, you know, it, it's, it's also interesting, though, in, in the way that, Jacob points back, you know, why did you do this to me? Why did you even say that there is another brother? And I, and I cannot just imagine them 
looking back at Jacob and saying, how on earth would we know that he was going to say, well, bring him down, you know? You know and, and I can see how that, that would work out there. But another interesting aspect here is in verse 6, it, it flips from talking about Jacob, because, you know, if you look down before, there, it had made reference to Jacob. And it might have been there towards the end of verse or chapter 42. But it, it's talking about Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. And then verse 6 of 43 here, we have, and Israel said, you know, and now we're going back, and this was the name that God gave Jacob, Israel, uh, we're, you know, basically making forth the promise of what he had promised him as far as the, uh, a nation coming from him. And so I point that out here because of what we're going to have here in a minute, and it comes up again in another verse uh, there in verse 8, actually, um, it references Israel again and not Jacob, but Israel, referring back to the name that God gave him. But just a side note there for now, just wanted to point that out. But Anything else before we keep going? Let's look at, starting in verse 8, it says, Then Judah said, said to Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go that we may live and not die, both we and you and also your, your, our little ones. Uh, I myself will be surety for him. Uh, from, the hand, from my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For if we had not lingered, Surely by now we would have returned the second time. And that was that verse I pulled up a minute ago. But <clears throat> here we have you know, Judah once again speaking uh, to his father. And, and there in verse 8, he kind of makes a, a, a word play, if you would, speaking of the lad, which would be you know, a young man, a young boy, or what have you. Speaking of Benjamin, let the lad go down with us so that we can live and not die, both we and you and our little ones. So basically reminding Jacob that, look, if we don't go down there and get food, we're all going to die. Your favorite son, you, me, my little ones, we're all going to die if we don't go down and get food from Egypt. So you need to let us just go on and take Benjamin and go down there. Um, And then in verse 9, he basically says, look, I'm going to, I'll be, you know, it says surety here. Uh, other translations uh, has it as uh, a guarantee, you know, let me be the guarantee, you know, and that I will bear the blame if he does not come back you know, to you. And uh, we'll find out in the next chapter that this is going to be tested. And ultimately the passage that I just brought up was him speaking to Joseph, and that was him during that, that test period, which we'll get to uh, hopefully Wednesday. But, but he's the one, he's saying, look, I'm going to do this. Now, what's interesting about this being uh, Judah saying this for Benjamin, though? Back when we read of him, uh, read of Joseph being sold, we find that it was Judah that spoke up and says, hey, let's sell him 
to these Ishmaelite traders. It was Judah that said, let's sell Joseph. And here we have Judah standing up for his brother, Benjamin, saying, I will be the guarantee. I will be the surety that he's going to come back. And if he doesn't, I will bear the blame. Uh, but I notice a stark contrast here. <clears throat> now, now, it could be that Judah doesn't have any sons right now. I don't know. But you're, from the way he makes it sound that you're, are little ones, it could be that he does. But he doesn't go to him and says, look, you, know, you can take my sons and kill them if I don't bring them back. But no, I will bear the blame. It'll be on me. Uh, but at the same time, because of the, the things that he presents to him, Jacob's really kind of stuck. He doesn't really have much of a choice here. You know, he's got to now. You know, before they had all these, you know, these big you know, uh, uh, sacks of grain that they were going to be able to live on for a while. And, and as we were talking about, they didn't know that the famine was going to be for another several more years. They didn't know how long this was going to last. And you're in their heads, oh, man, we're still good. But now he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because he has to send them. But any thoughts or comments here? Well, Benjamin's actually younger than, right, at least 20-something, right? Because it's been at least 20 years since he's been away. But yes. Right, right. But, I, and I mean, once again, I'm not 100% sure as far as what the age cutoff there as far as a lad is concerned. But but I, I think that's kind of the, the, the picture that he's trying to paint there as well. It says, look, send the lad or else all of us, even our little ones, will die. You know, so and I think that's kind of a, of, a, of a play on words there, you know, the lad and the little ones, you know, that will all die of starvation is like what you were saying uh, if we don't go. But it says 1045 on my phone here, so I will stop there. Thank you for your comments and attention.